you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys for coming. Kenneth Copeland once again declares COVID-19 over. He took credit for the California heat wave, which he believes is going to destroy the virus, an answer to his continued prayers. But I wouldn't hold my breath. This is the third or fourth time he's declared it over. A broken clock is right twice a day. Even so, it's probably still wrong. Governor Cuomo says he's excited for the vaccine to this virus. His state is suffering worse than almost any other area in the world right now. People dying left and right. The state is hemorrhaging money. The world can't really go back to normal until a vaccine is distributed to everybody. Activist Mommy is absolutely disgusted at the idea of a vaccine being the solution to this problem. We're going to take a look at her thoughts on the subject. Pastor Tony Spell of Life Tabernacle Church refused to hold church services in a safe way, online. He insisted on holding services in person despite the fact that it would get people killed. He was criminally charged for breaking orders against large gatherings. Come to find out, he has the virus. And not only did he refuse medical treatment, he said he was still planning on holding services. For public safety, he's been placed on house arrest to prevent him from acting as a super spreader. We're going to take a look at how that situation is unfolding. Donald Trump recommended we try injecting, inhaling, or otherwise exposing ourselves to cleaning products like bleach to cure the virus. Over the next week, New York's poison control phone calls for cleaning product ingestion doubled. Did Trump get this idea on his own? Come to find out the leader of the Genesis 2 cult has been in communication with Trump for the weeks and months leading up to Trump's suggestion. This group is famous for pushing a miracle cure, bleach ingestion. We're going to take a closer look at Trump's announcement and the Genesis 2 cult. Before we get into all of that, let's listen to some voicemails. Don't forget, if you want to call in and leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Hi, I'm calling in for Prank Prophet, and this is their message. I have heard you say that you believe religion should be kept out of school in several videos, but I am curious as to what extent this is. As an example, in high school, education year 12, I had mandatory religious studies, which I chose to continue in year 13. My teacher was an atheist and stated that, and stated that right away, but didn't bash religion and did a fair job of presenting the Abrahamic and Eastern religions. He gave us a Bible, a Quran, and a Bhagavad Gita, and went through core myths and beliefs and how to gander at phenomenology. He later went on to critique with Weber, Durkheim, and Marx. He didn't preach for or against, he simply went through the material in a systematic and academic manner. Would you be opposed to such a presence of religion in school? If so, why? Well, I appreciate you reading that in such a structured way. That was very nice. Uh, the answer to your question is no. I would not be opposed to an examination of religion on that level. The problem is that a lot of the time, religious classes are more just a way to sneak religious belief into the classroom. If it's an examination of like a bunch of different types of religions, like the Bhagavad Gita, as you mentioned a minute ago, or, um, or the Bible or, or any of the others, I'm 100% fine with that. As long as it's a fair 
objective assessment of it and the teacher isn't a christian trying to cram their belief system down the ch the kids throats then i'm okay with it so my name is raul uh, i'm from mexico mexico city to be exact um i have a question about how can i help my two cousins um i have an aunt she has a 20 year old daughter a 18 an 18 year old son and my 12 12 and 14 year old cousins and she took them out of school because my my other cousin the um the male one <laughs> um decided that he doesn't believe in god and he's an atheist and all and i have a pretty good relationship with him but the thing is, I was talking to my aunt and she was like, yeah, I'm not taking them to school because they're going to fall away from God and stuff. And I wanted to know how can I help them. I'm not very close to them. They live in another state. And I want to know if you have any advice on doing something for them. That's a really tough situation. Uh, a lot of people ask me how I feel about homeschooling because I was homeschooled for a good portion of my life um, for like three or four years basically I was homeschooled and it was not good a lot of the time homeschooling is not good there are homeschool what is it curricula is that the word there are homeschool curricula I guess curriculums that are designed for evangelical parents to shove e the evangelical message down their kids throats they completely disregard science just throw it right out the window. It's not good. The kids come out less informed than their peers who went to public school. It's really, really bad. I feel like one of the big problems with homeschooling is the isolation aspect. Now, personally, I, I think my situation was a unique situation in the sense that most kids aren't completely isolated from society the way that I was. If the parent in this situation is actually very, very religious. My guess is they're probably not exposing the kid to other people their age who have a variety of beliefs. They're probably exposing the kids to strictly other children with similar beliefs, most likely people who go to their church or something like that. So my recommendation would be talk to the kids and, and try to form some level of relationship with them if possible and just talk to them about like science and things like that get them interested in science teach them critical thinking skills if nothing else try to teach them critical thinking skills i know you said you lived in another state but you know you you have a phone and they have a phone too hopefully it would be okay for you to talk to them on the phone every now and then and just talk to them about critical thinking that would go a long way i imagine um, try not to step on the parents' toes too much. Um, but yeah, that's, that, that would be my suggestion. Hi, Owen. Uh, this is Caitlin from California. And I was just wondering what your thoughts uh, were on maybe these new age evangelical Christian churches, like a, maybe like a Joel Austin type churches and how they've been like rebranding Christianity for like the youth and how kind of scary and how, um, very weird, odd, cultish it's been. I remember I, I saw um, this church recently, a Bethel church in uh, Northern California. They, were, they thought that they could pray for a 
child to be brought back to life. And I remember thinking, well, that's a little bit odd. And so I was just wondering um, what you thought about, the, like, like I said, the New Age uh, evangelical churches and like the, their focus on like the youth and how that could be potentially damaging in the future. Um, thank you. I talked about this a lot last week, actually, the whole evangelical movement, and I, I touched on it earlier in, the, in this podcast, too, but evangelicalism is a very specific movement within Christianity. It's, it's an extremist movement. It's recognized as an entire voting block, the evangelicals. Evangelicals have their own conferences, they have their own music videos, they have their own tracts their own um, propaganda literature that they pass out, their own homeschooling curriculum, everything. They have an entire thing devoted to everything you would need to indoctrinate and brainwash a child in their religion, basically. It heavily focuses on being born again, on Jesus being the Savior. These are the types of people you find saying, I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. These are evangelicals. And actually, we're going to be taking a look at some evangelicals in a few minutes on the podcast, a little bit later on in the podcast, so keep a lookout for it. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Kenneth Copeland declaring COVID-19 gone once again for the third or fourth time. So give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. The first article I want to take a look at is on the Friendly Atheist website. It's entitled Scam Vangelist Taking Credit for California Heat Wave. This is by Hemant Mehta. It was written April 26th. Before we read this, let's watch this video that's connected to it. It's uh, like a minute and a half long, I think. This came as such a shock to yeah. me. Yeah. When the Lord said, pray for heat the way you pray for rain. Exactly. Yeah, that's what you said. You uh, said, yeah. tell, the Lord spoke to me and said, tell the people to pray for heat like you pray for rain. And then we began to pray over it that night. And wind, hot heat and humidity kill this virus. I mean, it can't take it. That's right. It, it just goes away. Well, let me read a couple of these things yeah. because it, it's hitting the news right now. Um, this, and there were, there were people said, oh, yeah. Yeah, right. Okay, go ahead. It's, it's happening. Here, this Southern California will continue to bake in a summer-like heat wave through the weekend. There is the potential for a dozen record highs, including Sacramento, Yay! Los Angeles, Phoenix, Sacramento. Sacramento. <laughs> exactly. Over 18 million people are under heat advisories across Southern California. The hottest temperatures will be felt in the inland coasts and valleys where temperatures will be in the 90s. Praise so here God. we are. I think we should just rejoice and glorify oh, the Lord right now. God. Thank Praise you, Lord. God. Praise Thank God. Thank you, Lord. This Thank thing you, is Jesus. over. It's over. Glory to God. It's finished it's over. and it's over. It's Hallelujah. Over. It's Thank over. you, Lord. 
Lord. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Thank you, Praise Lord. God. And George, we prayed it in here. We can pray it out. That's too. right. Praise exactly. We can cool this thing off. Exactly. Amen. Thank Father, you, Father, in the name of Jesus, we glorify you. Okay, I... Uh... I really, I don't know what, like, I feel like my eyebrows are just permanently frozen here. What a bizarre clip. Like, they're just, they're so insulated from, like, normal society, like, from the rest of the world, that it's just extremely strange to see these people acting the way they do. But it's, like, incredibly normal for them. They think they're acting, like, super regular. It's just really bizarre. Anyway, let's read Hemant Mehta's article here, see what it says. Earlier this month, at the same time he was destroying COVID-19 by blowing on it, televangelist Kenneth Copeland prayed for a heat wave. This is a quote by Kenneth Copeland. All God needs to do to deliver us is a heat wave, a, set, a supernatural heat wave, Copeland told his audience, which included senior members of his ministry. You know, usually you get what they call the Easter spell, when you think everything's warming up and all of a sudden you get a cold front. Well, now this year, it's going to be an Easter heat wave, he continued. It's going to get so hot in New York City. It's going to get so hot and muggy. Glory to God. It's going to hit that place, and it's going to burn that virus. It's going to, you know, you know what it's like in New York City at 85 or 90 degrees. It's going to get however hot it has to get there to kill that thing right now, all over this nation and the rest of the world where it's needed, he said. Well, Easter came and went, and it's now late April, and the weather is getting much hotter in Los Angeles, not New York City. Therefore, Copeland is declaring victory. It's an extremely bizarre clip. I love how he calls him his hype man, though. That's just, like, the perfect word for the guy. He's, like, copying everything Copeland says and, and just standing behind him and, and, and repeating it and saying glory to God and just really, really bizarre it's so bizarre to watch these people, like, talk sometimes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This thing is over. Glory to God. It's finished and it's over. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thing is, and I cannot stress this enough, it's not over. The virus is still very much alive and the heat isn't going to kill it off. But leave it to a Christian grifter to take credit for something that was bound to happen anyways. They did a lot of studies on how it reacts to heat and humidity and sunlight and bleach, as we're going to talk about a little bit later. The bottom line is this almost certainly is not over. If you look at the world's countries, look at countries worldwide, there are all types of varieties of, uh, what's the word, of climates. There are all types of varieties of climates across the world, and there are like 160, 180 countries dealing with this right now. There are some areas of the world where it's really fucking hot right now, and there are some areas of the world where it's really fucking cold, some areas that are humid and some areas that are dry. But guess what? 160 or 180-something countries are dealing with this anyways. If you're expecting one weather change to save us from this situation, you're almost certainly lying to yourself and the congregation you're talking to. So don't hold your breath on this. Uh, it would be absolutely fantastic if a heat wave were to kill it off, but it, it probably will not. 
and what is this? The, f- the third or the fourth claim by Kenneth Copeland, this scam artist, that he is ending COVID-19. I think he, he believes that if he keeps saying it, eventually it's going to happen, whether it's like in a month or six months or a year or two years from now, the virus is going to slowly disappear and we're not going to have to worry about it anymore. So if this guy continues to take credit for everything until it's gone, then he can't lose. People have already forgotten about his false predictions, the the other three or four false predictions that it was going to disappear. Watch six or seven more until it actually works. It's basically people forgetting the failures and remembering the wins is what it is. It's confirmation bias. You're ignoring all of the the no's around and seeing the only yes. It's really sad. Let's take another break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at activist mommy and how she feels about vaccines now that we really, really need one for society to continue on. So give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. So the next article is actually by activist Mommy. The title is Governor Cuomo Wants to Use New York as a Coronavirus Vaccine Laboratory. And of course, that's viewed as completely horrific by activist Mommy. I think what she's doing here is piggybacking off of the Las Vegas, Nevada mayor saying she wanted to be a social distancing laboratory. If you guys remember that story, basically this woman was on Anderson Cooper's show And she said she wanted to open everything up right now and see how many people die if they don't use social distancing, basically. She said she wanted to open the entire city. I guess she's only a mayor. She only has control of the city. She wanted to open the entire city and open up all the casinos and everything and just let it rip and be the control group to see how many people die from it. Which is a completely insane thing to say. This woman is batshit crazy. I think that's what activist mommy is piggybacking off of right now. Governor Cuomo wants to use New York as a coronavirus vaccine laboratory. I think that's actually an okay idea as long as we know the the vaccine is safe. We're going to have to use the vaccine on a larger scale at some point. And when it's when we're sure enough that it's safe to use on a large scale that we're willing to distribute it on a larger scale. I could understand Cuomo wanting his state to be the first to take it because he's suffering the worst from this situation. So the title of Activist Mommy's blog article is is in a propagandistic way written to make you think that's crazy after all of the news of the Las Vegas mayor came out and everything. That's not crazy. That's a perfectly sane and good idea. 
what Cuomo is suggesting here. It's just activist mommy hates vaccines. She's scared shitless of vaccines. She thinks they're evil. She thinks they're full of all kinds of unsavory things. It's, it, it's absolutely absurd. So anyway, with all that being said, let's read the article, see what it says here. As the state's death count continues to rise, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has offered up his state as a laboratory and therefore his constituents as lab rats for testing of possible coronavirus vaccines. As long as they've gone through the rigorous testing process to make sure that it's perfectly safe for human consumption, then I don't see what's wrong with this at all. There's absolutely nothing wrong with this. The thing about vaccines is we have had a vaccine for the coronavirus since January. We've had one for a really long time. Part of the process of making a vaccine is making sure it is safe for people to take on a large scale and also distributing the vaccine on a large scale. It's not easy to produce a vaccine in large enough quantities that you can give it to everybody in the world, in this case, in the world. It's a huge undertaking. So I don't remember what the exact process is, but I think you have to have six weeks of clinical trials on animals of, of some sort. And then you have to have a, at least another six weeks uh, double-blind study, I believe, uh, if possible, with a control group and everything, if it's ethical, on humans. And then it goes, you know, it, it just progresses more. You raise the sample size and things like that. It usually takes at least 18 months of testing, minimum, historically, to make sure that it's perfectly safe and everything else. We're accelerating that and we're doing some of the trials side by side and stuff like that because it's absolutely desperately needed. But as long as it's actually tested and it's safe, there's absolutely nothing wrong with New York City being the first large-scale uh, city to receive the vaccine. Somebody, some city is going to have to receive it first, and New York City wants to be it. Anyway, let's continue reading. Anything we can do to work with the federal government to get the vaccine done faster, we're all in, the governor continued. We want to use New York as a laboratory. We're ready, willing, in any way. Cuomo added that the state health department is eager to work with the Federal Food and Drug Administration and that New Yorkers would make perfect test subjects. Do you need a place to test it in large numbers? He said, think of New York. Well, Governor Cuomo has said such a step may take 12 to 18 months, Veteran vaccine developers have sharply differed. No, okay. We're going to get there in a second. But yeah, 12 to 18 months is give or take the minimum that it, that it usually takes to make sure that a vaccine is safe to test on a larger scale. Uh, so that, that number doesn't surprise me at all. Dr. Paul Offit, co-inventor of the current rotavirus vaccine, has said that a 12 to 18 month time frame is extremely naive, pointing to the decades of work he and his team took to follow gold standard safety and efficacy procedures in the development of Rotatech. I don't know who this guy is, Paul Offit. I don't actually know what the Rotatech vaccine is at all, so I can't really speak to this. But I can tell you this, the flu vaccine is changed and updated and distributed every year, different from the previous year. So it's not impossible to have a vaccine pushed out in 
12 months. This is a novel virus that we've never seen before, and we don't really have a vaccine, anything like it, really. Like, we don't have a vaccine that's designed around a virus that's similar to this at all, really. So it is going to take longer than the 12 months that we've that it takes us to do the flu vaccine because we understand the flu exceedingly well at this point. But this one is going to take longer. Saying it's going to take 20 to 30 years is an absolute joke. Comparing it to 20 or 30 years of work is is just a joke. That's just activist mommy being anti-vax and trying to scare people away from taking this vaccine. That's what it is, bottom line. 12 to 18 months is extremely optimistic, though. We could expect it to take two to three years, but we're rushing it because people's lives depend on it right now. It's extremely important we get this right. Uh, Let's continue reading. When Tony Fauci, Dr. Tony Fauci, stands in front of on that podium and says to the country, I think we could do this as early as 12 to 18 months. That's surprisingly fast. It is. 12 to 18 months is extremely optimistic and extremely fast. It's doable. It is doable in this situation, but it, it is fast. It would be preferable if we could spend two to three years working on this vaccine, but we don't have that. We don't have that time unless we find a cure. If we can find a cure, then we'll be in much better shape. You have an average length of time to go from initial research to having a vial of vaccine that's distributed to the country is, on average, about 20 years. Our vaccine took 26 years, a little long. Though, though That's an extremely special case. It's 26 years. That's the kind of thing where the vaccine is very, very specialized and the virus is not really at risk of mutating over that that course of time. Not serious mutations. That's one of the problems with viruses is they mutate a lot. The flu mutates every single year. It changes every single year. It's a different strain, and researchers have to guess at what's going to mutate next, and they make the changes in the vaccine based on that guess, and they mass distribute it. And usually they're off by a little bit. But if they can save, say, 17% of the people who get the flu vaccine will come through it with better results than they would have otherwise, that's a win. Even 17% better results, that's a win. So it really depends on the type of virus that you're working with and the speed at which it mutates. There are a lot of variables here. I'm not an immunologist. I'm not a virologist. I only understand the basics of how vaccines work and and viruses and the immune system and everything, so I really can't speak to it. But one thing I can tell you is I know enough about how this operates to tell you that activist mommy is fear-mongering and cherry-picking information here. Let's continue reading. Dr. Offit also pointed to instances of rushed or ineffective vaccines that were released to market with devastating results, including an early dengue fever vaccine that caused more children to die painful deaths than the disease itself, or the RSV vaccine that gave vaccinated children increased chances of pneumonia over unvaccinated children. Some of these cases that they're talking about here, where people had worse results from the vaccine, were because they were in poor countries who didn't have enough money for 
a good vaccine, which already existed, they started taking the oral vaccine that was lower quality and cheaper, like the polio vaccine in India, and it actually, it wasn't entirely inactivated. It wasn't safe. They shouldn't have been taking it at all. And it gave some of the kids polio. In the U.S., we don't have that. That doesn't happen here because we're a developed nation with the money to put into heavy, good research for vaccines. We do have the resources to do it, where in some cases in India and Africa, there are very poor areas of those countries that don't have the government infrastructure that they need to provide vaccines to their people, safe vaccines to their people. So I don't know about these specific cases that she's talking about here with dengue fever or RSV or whatever else. There are some cases where some vaccines have given bad results because they weren't tested adequately and they were cheaper. We shouldn't go cheap with vaccines. That is absolutely paramount. So when we're talking about the coronavirus vaccine, I don't want them to cut corners on this, but we need it now. So 12 to 18 months is a perfectly reasonable time frame for me personally. I would take it. Although Cuomo's eagerness to test a potentially rushed vaccine on New Yorkers may be hasty, current coronavirus stats may push people in the state to be more afraid of the virus and willing to cooperate with testing. This is activist mommy fear-mongering about vaccines again. Total hospitalizations in the state have stayed virtually flat as of Wednesday, even dropping slightly from 18,697 to 18,335. Oh, now she's downplaying the numbers. Fascinating. Nonetheless, the state's fatality count continues to rise, reaching 12,192 at the time of this writing. The numbers take an even more tragic turn as the state begins to factor in thousands of probable but officially unconfirmed COVID-19 deaths. So it's like with Activist Mommy, it's like she's cherry picking all of these little pieces of data that are totally unrelated to each other and then linking them together. Like hospitalizations are down, but deaths are up. What does that mean? Does that mean the government's lying to us? It always leads back to the same thing. Like the government's always lying about something in activist mommy's eyes like the researcher don't trust the scientists don't trust the researchers under any condition they're just trying to get you to take these vaccines to do whatever it is she thinks they're trying to do to you it's absolutely absurd just take the fucking medicine it will literally save your life just take the fucking medicine not everything is a conspiracy theory i promise there are some people out there just trying to save lives simple as that It may be the case that Governor Cuomo finds enough willing volunteers who want to take their chances with a new vaccine that he won't have to resort to finding unwilling participants. Given the state's recent history of revoking the religious exemption to vaccination for school children, that's good news. This contributor has witnessed concerns of New Yorkers that mandatory vaccination could be on the horizon. I hope so. I hope mandatory vaccination is on the horizon. In my state of West Virginia, you can't attend school if you don't have your vaccines, which is 100% reasonable and understandable. You have to have your vaccinations to be in public, in a public program with public people. It is a requirement. 
Now, the, some people get around that by homeschooling their kids, and that's extremely depressing for them and for the children. But if you don't want to get a vaccine, then get the fuck out of the public. Bottom line, you are risking my safety by existing and not taking a vaccine. It's unacceptable. We need to remind Governor Cuomo New York's children are not guinea pigs. Oh, my God. Declared the New York Alliance for Vaccine Rights on a Facebook post. Based on his performance to date and his statements, we cannot reasonably expect Cuomo to put the safety of New York's children and their right to not be guinea pigs in medical experiments before rushing a hasty prepared vaccine to market. Okay. I don't even know what to say about this. This is the, the biggest load of garbage I've ever seen in my life. Oh, this is from Autism Action Network. You ready for this? From Autism Action Network. New York's children are not Governor Cuomo's guinea pigs. Vaccines don't cause autism. They've never caused autism. That's just completely fabricated. I don't even know what... I. How can I get it through these people's thick skulls at this point? I don't know. I have no clue what to even do anymore. New York's children are not Governor Cuomo's guinea pigs. Read full post and click here to take action. On Wednesday, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said in his daily briefing, anything we can do to work with the federal government to get the COVID-19 vaccine done faster, we're all in. We want to use New York as a laboratory. We're ready, willing, in any way. Folks, we cannot sacrifice our precious liberty for perceived safety. Cuomo might not understand that. Fine, let him be the first in line to volunteer for the vaccine. He, he would be. In fact, he may have been already. I would be. I'd be first in line for it. He has the right to control no other body than his own. It is and must remain the right of each individual to determine their own choice. Okay, I, I talked about this last week. I'm going to talk about it again. Your right to swing your fist, the right that you have to swing your fist wherever you want to swing it, ends at the tip of my nose. You can swing your fist as much as you want. Go nuts anywhere you want until... It touches my nose. Then you lose your right to do that. I am not taking your rights away by refusing to let you punch me in the face. I'm not taking your rights away. When you refuse to take part in a program that protects the world from deadly diseases, you are taking my right to life and safety away by not participating in these programs that protect me. So if you refuse to get a vaccine, that's fine, but you can't live anywhere near me anymore, as far as I'm concerned. The world is a big, complex place. It, it isn't always as simple as the right of each individual to determine their own choice. It's not always that simple. Your choices affect other people when you live in a society. And right now, your choice to be a fucking idiot is affecting me. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Pastor Anthony Spell. So give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com.
So the next article I wanted to take a look at is entitled Central Pastor Tony Spell Placed on House Arrest Ordered Not to Hold Church Services. Now there's actually a lot to this story, so hopefully we can get through some of this. This is an article by The Advocate. It was written by Jacqueline DeRobertis. Uh, Let's give the article a read. The central pastor who defied the coronavirus stay-at-home order was placed on house arrest Saturday morning after refusing to tell a state district judge whether he would continue to hold religious services. Judge Fred Crefasi of the 19th Judicial District Court put Reverend Tony Spell, the controversial pastor of Life Tabernacle Church, on house arrest at 9 a.m. Bell was arrested Tuesday morning and booked into parish prison on misdemeanor counts after a protester accused the Pentecostal preacher of nearly hitting him on Sunday with one of the church's school buses along Hooper Road. Oh, God. That's not good. Spell has disputed the protester's story. He was released from parish prison midday Tuesday to joyous followers after his wife, Shay, posted cash bail of $5,000. Doesn't seem like it's a high enough bail. However, one condition of Spell's release is that he refrain from any and all criminal conduct, including but not limited to strictly abiding by the all-emergency orders issued by the governor of the state of Louisiana. District Attorney Hiller Morth III said Saturday that Spell did not clearly tell the judge whether he will continue to defy the governor's coronavirus stay-at-home order by having services at his Life Tabernacle Church on Sunday. On Friday, Spell had a deadline of 5 p.m. to answer the judge about his intentions to hold services. It was extended to 5.45 p.m., but he only responded with a quote from the Bible. Long said, Spell cited 1 Peter 3.14, which says, But and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. God, I'm so sick of people using the King James Version of the Bible. It is outdated. It's complete garbage. Just use an updated version, like the NIV or something. The judge then asked Spell directly if he intended to continue to hold services Sunday, in defiance of Governor John Bell Edwards' order. Spell did not respond, which the judge took as an indication he would preside over services this weekend. Spell's attorney, Joe Long, said he does not know whether Spell plans to hold services Sunday. As far as I know, there will be church, whether or not he participates, Long said. I don't know whether he plans on doing it. He's praying on it. In a Saturday video posted by the Central City News from Spell's home, the pastor did not clearly say whether he would hold services, though he emphasized his right to worship as fundamental to his faith. Guess what? I just talked about this a minute ago. You don't have the right to endanger my life. We're in the middle of a fucking pandemic right now, and you stepping outside your house and holding services at a church is spreading the illness. That's what's happening right now. I have a right to life, and you are infringing on that right to life by walking outside of your house and breaking the law. So he th- he seems to think he has this fundamental right to worship no matter what. And that's true. You can believe and worship and do whatever you want until it infringes on my right to life, which is what's happening right now. He's infringing on people's right to life by stepping outside of his house. I promise you I will continue to do what I do, Spell said. This is not about me. This is about our religious liberties. Hey, dumbass, it's not about religious liberties. You are literally killing people. The story doesn't actually end here. Um, let, all right, I'll tell you what. Let me just finish this article and see what it says. Uh, there's more to the story, though, after this. Right before he was fitted with the ankle monitor. Oh, I love it, ankle monitor. Administered by a man in personal protective equipment. 
Spell noted that he still had much to say, but that tomorrow at 12 o'clock, my voice will be silenced for several months. You will not hear from me again. What the fuck does that mean? That's weird. I, I, I'm not really sure what he's saying. Is that some kind of a cryptic message that he wanted? Because I, I don't understand it if it's some secret message he's trying to get out to the public. I don't know. He did not expand on his statement. Yeah, it's nonsensical. I have no fucking clue what he's talking about. Spell his flouted stay-at-home orders and social distancing orders aimed at limiting the novel coronavirus, saying the limits violate his and his congregants' First Amendment rights to assemble and practice their faith. By assembling and practicing your faith right now at this immediate moment, you are violating my, my constitutional rights to life. So I'm so sick of hearing this bullshit about First Amendment rights right now. Give it like three months so we can get this under control and you're not risking my life and then you can go right back to your stupid fucking church services. He has garnered international attention for his and his church's stand against the orders, attracting praise from some Christian groups, but also plenty of criticism and a handful of regular protesters outside his church on Hooper Road. Okay, so I said that's not where the story ends. There's more to it. When we, le when we left off, he had been arrested and instructed not to hold service or violate social distancing orders, right? I think it was it was before the, the following Sunday, so we had yet to see what he was going to do. He said he's praying on it, whether or not he was going to break the law again and get another misdemeanor, at least, maybe even felony. Well, guess what? The next article, again by The Advocate, is entitled, Pastor Tony Spell Returns to Central Church to Preach Despite Being on House Arrest. That's not good. He had an ankle bracelet. That means he is de facto in prison. If you cut that ankle bracelet off, it's basically an automatic 10-year prison escape sentence. I feel like he wasn't taking it seriously enough. Either that or he is taking it extremely seriously and he knows what the consequences are going to be and he just wants to make a public spectacle of it, make a big deal out of it and have the police come and arrest him in church. I'm guessing that's what he wanted. If the police and the judge were smart for PR purposes, they may just wait until church service is over, wait till he, go he goes home then arrest him at his house. That may actually be the smartest thing to do. This article is by Yusef Radad. I, I know I got that name wrong. I deeply apologize, but it's spelled Y-O-U-S-S-E-F, last name R-D-D-A-D. -D -A -D. Uh, so let's continue reading here. The pastor of a central church who has defied state orders to limit the size of crowds at his worship service violated another order Sunday, preaching from the pulpit despite a judge's directive that he stay home under house arrest. Because remember, this guy has the illness. He has COVID-19. He's got it. He is sick. He refused to do social distancing, refused to hold church services online instead of in person. And as a result, he got the illness. Of course, big surprise. Then he refused medical treatment and, after being arrested, refused to stop holding services. So he went to this church of who knows how many people. It's a mega church, so thousands usually come. But I heard it was down to around 150 people in recent weeks. He went there with this disease that has killed more people than have died in the Vietnam War. 
within the span of like a month or two. He went there knowing that he was going to spread it to people and kill people. This guy is the most disgusting type of human being alive. And he's an evangelical Pentecostal preacher. Wearing an ankle monitor attached after he was accused of threatening to run over a protester outside his Life Tabernacle Church last Sunday, the Reverend Tony Spell told his congregation, It's a dirty, rotten shame when you're hiding in America. Oh my God. Its members sang and waved signs reading, I stand with Pastor Spell. Spell was arrested last week and booked into parish prison on misdemeanor counts after a, a protester accused the Pentecostal preacher of nearly hitting him last Sunday with one of the church's school buses along Hooper Road. I hope this guy gets locked up in prison for the rest of his life. Absolutely disgusting human being. One condition of Spell's release is that he refrain from any and all criminal conduct, including but not limited to strictly abiding by the all-emergency orders issued by the governor of the state of Louisiana. I.e., you can't hold church services. You can't go. At least one church member died after contracting COVID-19, the respiratory illness caused by the new virus, and a lawyer tapped to represent the church's fight to hold services was hospitalized. Wow. It isn't known where the men contracted the virus. Spell has told congregants who've attended services to refrain from touching each other and to stay home if they're sick. Guess what? This illness has asymptomatic people. That means people can be spreading it and have no idea. There was a prison that they tested everybody in the prison, like 3,300 people. 96% of the people who turned up positive were asymptomatic. That's, that should be an extremely scary number to you, and that should tell you why it's so important to just stay home, just social distance, seriously. People are so stupid, I swear. God gave you an immune system to kill the virus, Spell told his flock Sunday morning. I'm not going to bind the virus. I'm not going to bind the virus. I don't know what that means. Um, yeah, okay, fine. God gave you an immune system to kill the virus. Guess what? It doesn't work for everybody. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are going to die from this. I mean, worldwide, how many people? Possibly millions of people worldwide are going to die from this. That's fucking scary. Along with the recent aggravated assault and improper backing infractions, Spell has also been charged with six misdemeanor counts of violating the governor's stay-at-home order. Good. Parish officials have said all other houses of worship have streamed their services in place of in-person gatherings. That's how you do it. Stream them. I mean, if you don't know how to set something like that up, there are people all over the place that know how to do that. I'm sure there's somebody in the congregation that can help. In fact, I would honestly be willing to help people figure that out, uh, figure out how to stream services for churches if they were willing to just stay inside and stream the service instead of going to the church. This shit absolutely kills me. It's embarrassing. It's sad. It's disappointing. I I swear I live in the... the I live in a country that is so stupid as dog shit. I don't know how people make their way home at night sometimes. It's so stupid. Give us 30 seconds. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Donald Trump suggesting people inject bleach to cure the virus. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com.
So the next article I wanted to take a look at is, again, by The Friendly Atheist. It was actually written by Terry Firma on The Friendly Atheist website. The title is, Did Trump Get the Idea for Injecting Disinfectants from Florida's Bleach Church? Let's give the article a read and see what it says. You've heard of toxic Christians, but this, this is a different kind of poisonousness entirely. We've gone past the similes and into a brave... Brave is crossed out and replaced with crazy new world, where the president of the United States actually speculates out loud that injecting disinfectants into the human body could cure COVID-19. Here's what the very stable genius said yesterday verbatim, okay? So he, so Trump was at a press briefing, which he's been doing a lot of lately. He's been doing a press briefing, I think, every day or at least every weekday for a while now. And he says progressively more and more stupid things, just stupid as dog shit. So here's what he said at the most recent press briefing, the one before the most recent. Supposing we hit, uh, let me see if I can do it in a Trump voice. Supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. And I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body which you can do either through the skin or in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that too. It sounds interesting. <laughs> and then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute. One minute. And is there a way we can do something like that by injection inside or almost a cleaning? <laughs> he is so fucking stupid. Uh, seriously. Does he just have people like hold his hand to walk him to his bed at night? Is that I just don't know how he gets there any other way. Because you see it gets in the lungs and it does a tremendous number on the lungs. So it would be interesting to check that. So that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds it sounds interesting to me. Go ahead and try it, President Trump. Go ahead. Try it. You be our test subject. Give it a shot. See what happens. At Reason Magazine, a publication that tends to stay far from partisan rancor, disclosure, I've written for it a few times, senior editor Jacob Sullum analyzes Trump's words thusly. Did the president recommend that Americans inject themselves with bleach as a COVID-19 cure or prophylactic? Strictly speaking, no. He said you're going to have to use medical doctors for that sort of thing. But he did idly speculate that since disinfectants kill the COVID-19 virus on services, it was worth investigating whether they might work as a treatment. And he specifically mentioned injection, which is not only scientifically naive, but reckless given the prevalence of quack remedies and wacky ideas about how to ward off the disease. Now, where did Trump's ludicrous hazardous suggestion come from? The Guardian points out that peddlers of chlorine dioxide, industrial bleach, have been making direct approaches to the White House in recent days. So, I read the Guardian article. It's about the founder of the Genesis 2 church. I've talked about the, well, maybe it's just a group. I don't know if it, you, it could be qualified as a church or not, but it's the Genesis 2 cults, I would call it. Genesis 2 group. The leader of the group has been sending letters to Donald Trump about his cure, claiming that his cure can take care of the coronavirus. They've been pushing bleach as a miracle cure for everything. 
since the early days of the church. It's not a recent thing. It's it's years and years old. I think the first article I saw about it was from 2015, but it's way older than that, I think. Anyways, they've been pushing bleach as a miracle cure for everything for a long time. And it's not actually just full-blown, like, concentrated bleach. Um, as they say here in this article, it's chlorine dioxide, which is basically industrial bleach, but it's diluted in water. It's, it, it's extremely dangerous still, concentrated or not. You should not be drinking it. doesn't do anything but poison you. Don't. Uh, so anyways, this person has been contacting Trump, sending letters to the White House in the days leading up to this, in the weeks and months leading up to Trump's suggestion. And People suspect that may be where he got the idea, was the letters being written to him by the Genesis 2 church. Let's continue reading. Raising the possibility that some of the most disreputable people in all of Christendom don't just have the president's ear, they can get their insanity amplified by a president who has relinquished any last semblance of mental balance. Quoth the Guardian, In his weekly televised radio show posted online on Sunday, Archbishop Mark Grennan read out the letter he wrote to Trump. He said it began, Dear Mr. President, I am praying you read this letter and intervene. Grennan said that 30 of his supporters have also written in the past few days to Trump at the White House, urging him to take action to protect Genesis 2 and its bleach-peddling activities, which they claim can cure coronavirus and a billion other things. Everything. It's a cure-all kind of thing. On Friday, hours after Trump talked about disinfectant on live TV, Grennan went further in a post on his Facebook page. He claimed that MMS, which is his bleach, uh, basically his bleach cure, had actually been sent to the White House. He wrote, Trump has got the MMS and all the info. Things are happening, folks. Lord help others to see the truth. If Trump got his unhinged idea from Grennan's Genesis 2 Church of Health and Healing, he's now one-upping those rapacious cretins. The church has been advising its members to drink bleach in order to cure severe illness, not inject it. Interesting. I hadn't made that distinction. Either method is, of course, beyond anything a rational person would do, but if I had to pick, injection is just a bit crazier and probably deadlier. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. In fact, injecting cleaning agents is literally what some serial killers do. In fairness, I'll confess that unlike Trump, I've never impressed a team of researchers and physicians with my vast medical knowledge. Surely you recall that the president visited the Centers for Disease Control last month and intoned happily, I like this stuff. I really get it. People are surprised that I understand it. I sound like uh, an old person trying to sound cool right now, don't I? I like this stuff. I really get it. People are surprised that I understand it. Every one of these doctors say, how do you know so much about this? Maybe I have a natural ability. Maybe I should have done this instead of running for president. <laughs> God, I swear this guy is so fucking stupid. Either way, people would be at the mercy of a man who is indistinguishable from a patient with full-blown, and I'm afraid irreversible, psychopathy. P.S. Trump is now saying that he was just being sarcastic. Uh, psychopathy, I don't think so. I don't think anybody's accused Trump of psychopathy. That is a very, very specific medical definition. Um, and it, I don't, I mean, I can see psychologists suggesting that maybe he has early stages of dementia or something like that, but not psychopathy specifically. Um, there's a difference between psychopathy 
and sociopathy. I don't remember the difference exactly at this point, but in both of them, generally speaking, there's an issue with feeling empathy and emotions. When we were a young species, humans, we developed the ability to create models in our head. Hunters would visualize a field. They would see a deer in the field, and they would plan and visualize and say, if I have somebody run from over there, and I run from over there, we corral the deer, it can't get away, we run in and I spear it. That was kind of a breakthrough in humanity, the ability to build models in our heads. And eventually that led to modern day morality, the ability to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes, basically to imagine something that isn't actually happening there and understand it and kind of let it play out, have vision, basically. Over the years, over the the millennia, I should say, over the millennia, that kind of developed more and more, and we had this ability to put ourselves in other people's shoes and feel what they feel. When we hear somebody's child died, we feel for them. Even though we've never had a child die, we can imagine that that's extremely painful and sad and heartbreaking and put ourselves in their shoes and want to help them in some way. That's the basis for, for morality and for, for empathy, that whole model-building thing. Psychopathy and sociopathy are linked to that. You have an inability to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, basically. Like, you can't imagine what it's like to be this person or to feel the pain that they're feeling. And you don't feel emotions or you feel them very rarely. So killing somebody right there in front of you, like stabbing them in the chest, you just can't process what it would be like to be in their shoes. It's also linked to mirror neurons. When I was in college, one of my professors was playing a video for us, and it was just a super regular video, just watching just normal stuff, nothing crazy happening. And then they switched to a picture of a mannequin with grapes in its eyes and a razor blade running across the grapes. And we all went, oh, God, that's awful. You know, that's our mirror neurons reacting to what we're seeing. We are imagining that happening to us. That's what the whole bit is. But there's an issue. There's like a a break in that system with people who have psychopathy or sociopathy. They can't connect with the person they're stabbing in the chest. They don't understand what they're feeling or or how it hurts or why it, it's wrong exactly. Like you can tell them why that's wrong, but they can't really conceptualize or get it. And it's the same with um, emotions. A lot of the time, they don't really feel emotions either. They don't feel happiness or sadness or anything, not very often. And sometimes people who have psychopathy or sociopathy will do something really, really dramatic to feel an emotion, to feel fear or pain or sadness or something, because they don't feel emotion any other way. It's just numb. It's just empty and blank and black otherwise. So they will stab somebody 
because it doesn't hurt them to do it, but it gives them this rush, this feel of emotions that they've never had before. So that's psychopathy and sociopathy. Generally speaking, I think this could be wrong, so don't quote me on it. I believe 4% of the population has psychopathy or sociopathy, and it's only a really, really tiny number of people who actually do something completely nuts, like kill somebody. It's like significantly smaller percentage of people who actually act on it than who have it. So uh, anyway, the point here, I got a little sidetracked there. Point here is that Trump, I don't think he has psychopathy, but I'm sure he has something. I mean, he's in his upper 70s, isn't he? Or mid 70s. He's getting up there in years. I'm sure his brain isn't working at top capacity at this point. My brain wouldn't be working at top capacity at that age either. That's just how it is. It's just the human body breaking down. So anyway, really interesting article. I should talk more about the Genesis 2 church at some point. I've talked about them in the past multiple times, but uh, I may devote a whole segment to Genesis 2 at some point. I intended to tonight, but we just kind of ran out of time. Let's read some super chats and see what people have to say here. Uh, let's see, Zolfner, Trump 2020, Rubio 2024, Zolfner 2032. <laughs> okay, probably not. Interesting side note here. There, There's a pendulum in the U.S. that swings back and forth, back and forth. It kind of goes liberal, conservative, liberal, conservative. So back in the 70s, I think, we had Nixon, who was a Republican at the time. And then we got Jimmy Carter, who was a Democrat. And then we got Ronald Reagan, I believe, was next, Republican. George H.W. Bush, one term. That was a very rare occurrence in the U.S. Uh, so we had basically three terms of Republican with Reagan and George H.W. Bush, and then we had two terms of a Democrat, two terms of a Republican Bush, two terms of a Democrat, Obama. Now we have Trump. It's really hard to unseat an incumbent, basically. Uh, it was almost guaranteed that Obama was going to get a second term. It's just very, very difficult to take an incumbent out because people prefer the evil they know to the evil they don't basically. Um, so I honestly think Trump's going to get another term. Not what I would like to happen, but as long as there are checks and balances by having a Senate that isn't Republican, then I'd be okay with that. Anyway, let's continue reading Super Chats. Again, got sidetracked. Sorry about that. I was homeschooled K to 12 because my parents wanted me to get a religious education and they couldn't afford private school. I hated being homeschooled. Yeah, homeschooling is not good. I do not stand for homeschooling. If you can possibly manage to not homeschool your kids at almost any cost, then they should be in public school. I can understand there are some situations in which kids need to be homeschooled, one fringe case or another, but I really think they need the socialization. That's been my experience. Are the LDS occults, are they different than the LDS? I don't have a whole lot of time to talk about it, but I'll just give you guys a brief overview. Um, so Joseph Smith died in 1844. When that happened in 1844, there was a succession crisis. Who takes over 
after Joseph Smith dies, because uh, he was running the church up to that point, the uh, LDS church. So one faction believed it should be Brigham Young, I believe. The next faction believed it should be Joseph Smith's son, uh, which I believe was Joseph Smith III. And another faction believed it should be just all kinds of different people. There was another guy who was part of the leadership who Joseph Smith like blessed and said, you're going to be the next leader when I die. And he had it in handwriting and everything else. It was super suspect, but it turned out to be a legitimate letter. Anyway, point is, there was a big line of succession issue with the Mormon church, and that led to a huge split. So the LDS church is the biggest one, and I believe that was Brigham Young who succeeded after Joseph Smith for the LDS church. They supported Brigham Young as the next leader, uh, I think. We also had, apparently, RLDS, or Community of Christ. I'm guessing that that was the line that believed that Joseph Smith's son should take over um, as, the, as the new leader. I forget what FLDS was, like how they branched off fundamentalists, Latter-day Saints. In fact, that one may not even be a branch from the succession line. That just may be a branch from them being nutcases. I don't know. Anyway, the main branch is a cult. LDS is a cult, the main branch. And as a result, a lot of the smaller branch-offs were also very extreme. So my guess, I would venture to guess... Yes, RLDS probably is a cult. Okay, here it says Community of Christ, uh, known from 1872 to 2001 as the Reorganized Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, RLDS. My guess would be, yeah, they probably are, because most branches of Mormonism are cults. I don't know of a single branch of Mormonism that's not a cult. Um, maybe it does exist, and maybe this is the one. I don't know. But anyway, I should look into it a little bit more. Thank you for the super chat. I really appreciate that. Very interesting question. I think vaccines should be mandatory unless you have legitimate medical reasons not to. No one's rights extend to a point where they can damage others. 100% agree with you. If there's a legitimate medical reason not to, which they do exist, if it's just because you're a fucking idiot, then you need to take the, the vaccine for your own safety and for everyone else's safety around you. Evan Inge. What do you think is the best way to combat the misinformation online regarding COVID-19? Oh, dude, I don't even know. I, I am so overwhelmed. I've been pondering that, too. First of all, I think Facebook and Twitter should have independent teams going through tweets that are sent to them and deciding if it is misinformation or not. If it is, issue a strike to the Twitter user and remove it. If they've had a strike in the past week, then just remove it and give them the tweets in a vacuum. Don't tell them who actually sent the tweets. So now we can have Trump's tweets reported and he will continue to receive strikes until he stops. <laughs> spreading misinformation. Although, honestly, I think the biggest misinformation problem right now, weirdly, is the 5G thing. What the fuck is that about? That's not really as big of an issue in the US as it is apparently in the UK. What the hell? I thought the UK were like the smarter ones, like the smarter version of Americans. Like, what the hell happened? They're, they're burning down 5G towers. What the fuck? It's bizarre, man. 
Zolfner, Amber, this is America. Yes, it's dumb not to vaccinate, but you take the right away to choose once you open the door to do it again. That's complete bullshit. I'm sorry, man. That's bullshit. That's like saying, if we quarantine now, the government will never let us out of our houses again. It's absurd. That's just not, I mean, there is a slippery slope validity at some point, but what you're doing there is called the slippery slope fallacy. It's just bullshit. Evan Inge, if you believe that vaccines cause more harm than good, write a peer-reviewed paper and see how the scientific body handles it. If there's enough evidence, people will acknowledge it. Science 101. Very true. And they have. They have done that. And they've been shot down to shit. They have failed miserably. There are some, basically, there is a group of anti-vaxxers who funded a study to see if it really did cause autism, and a link was not found. Of course, because there is none. So anti-vaxxers do engage in traditional science, and they're shot down every single time because they're they're completely full of shit, and then they go on about how science is holding them back and... It's just a a ridiculous circle jerk. It's stupid. Really, really fucking stupid. Zelfner, same logic. You can choose to live away from them. Okay, earlier I said, if you don't want to get vaccinated, then move somewhere else. I can understand your thought process on that, um, but vaccines have been objectively proven to be beneficial to society and if we didn't have vaccines we would have obnoxiously higher death rates than we have right now because there was a time when we didn't have vaccines and polio was killing shitloads of people measles was killing people smallpox was killing people society needs vaccines to survive. It needs vaccines to survive. If you don't want to be a part of that, then leave. If vaccines weren't proven to be beneficial, extremely beneficial, society saving, then I I could get on board with you. But science has proven vaccines to be effective and to save millions and millions and millions of lives. Your Trump voice needs work. Oh, that's hurtful. I thought it was a good Trump voice. Sad. You're sad. Fake news. You're sad fake news is what you are. We have little faith. Sad fake news. Zolfner, his Trump voice is fine. Ignore that ignorance. I appreciate that, Zolfner. Thank you for the vote of confidence. Amber Blackwell. I'd say Trump probably has NPD. Probably. Although, having gone to school for psychology, I happen to know you never diagnose a patient unless they're sitting in front of you. So, I I can sit here and speculate. He probably has some form of dementia. He probably has narcissistic personality disorder, most likely. But I'm not going to say that for sure with confidence. In fact, I'm not really going to say it at all. That's the only time I'm going to acknowledge it, really, is just in passing speculation. And I'm not going to take a hard stand on it on my platform but yeah i agree with you he probably does jacob palermo i feel like i pronounced that wrong if so i apologize as social creatures i thought morality came from that we realized that social behaviors were better at building a social structure than anti-social behaviors so we reward social behaviors and punish anti-social ones that is a part of it the the rewards and punishment system that's true i'm talking before that though way way early on the ability to build models in our head mirror neurons those types of things led to 
the existence of empathy, which led to morality in a roundabout way, as did building a system of rewards and punishments. So it all kind of contributed. You're right on that point. Evan Inge, fact check. Gerald Ford was a Republican president between Nixon and Carter, but it was because Nixon resigned. Thank you. That's a good point. I forgot all about Gerald Ford. Kind of an irrelevant figure in history, isn't he? Zolfner, 5G causes corona. Oh my god. People are so stupid. I don't understand. Amber Blackwell, UK isn't smart. Brexit proves that, unfortunately. I know, I saw a meme recently. It was something like how Americans view the British. And it was like they're all standing around sipping tea and everything. And how the rest of the world views the British. And they're just a bunch of drunk slobs. And it's like, oh, wait. So the rest of the world views Britain the way Britain views the US. How does the rest of the world view the US, I wonder? I actually saw another meme of how the world views the U.S. It was just like the Emperor and Darth Vader on the Death Star. That's pretty accurate. I want to get the fuck out of here, man. I want to move to Canada for real. But I have an Etsy store and most of my customers are in the U.S. I wouldn't be able to manage the store if I lived out of country. That kind of sucks. Jacob Palermo. Catholics can have a very wide array of beliefs regarding social issues. Very moderate to very extreme. Do Jehovah's Witnesses and others like them have this too? No. Interestingly enough, they do not. Surprisingly, Jehovah's Witnesses are very unified in their belief system. It may vary a little bit from congregation to congregation. Like, my congregation was okay with Pokemon, but it wasn't okay with Harry Potter. Some other congregations in my area were okay with Harry Potter, but not with Pokemon. But there are a lot of hardline things that they do not compromise on. You cannot get a blood transfusion. That's one of those hardline things. You can't celebrate Christmas or your birthday or any of that other stuff. They're very hardline about a lot of stuff. Very unified belief system. But you, you're right. Catholics do have a wide range, of a wide array of beliefs uh, that vary from church to church. It's very interesting. Leah Bryant, I'm working on a magic spell to bind the NIFB. Well, good luck. Let me know how it goes. I don't believe in magic, so I don't think it's going to go anywhere, but fuck it, right? Anyway, thank you guys for coming. I hope you had a good time. I had a good time, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind. Politics, social issues issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.